This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, Keith. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, the people are going to be excited because we have back-to-back interview podcasts. Oh, you're right. We do. Uh, uh, we uh, Faith in advertising. Truth in advertising. Um, uh, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Can can confirm. That's actually happening two (laughs) weeks in a row. Well, today on the show, we've got chart news on how Doja Cat gets her sixth top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with Vegas while Steve Lacey's Bad Habit holds on atop the list for a third straight week. Meanwhile, Glass Animal's former number one Heat Waves marks another milestone in its storied chart career, becoming the song with the most weeks ever on the chart, just a scant 91 weeks on the list. <laughs> and on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Stray Kids notched their second number one album and second of this year, while new albums from Quavo and Takeoff G. Erbo and Charlie Puth all debut in the top 10. Also on the show, as promised, we have an interview with B.B. Rexa. We're welcoming B.B. back to the podcast to talk about her global hit song, I'm Good, Blue, with David Guetta, which climbs up the Hot 100 this week from 18 to 16. During our interview, we actually got to break the news to B.B. that the song had hit the Hot 100 top 20 for the first time. So stick around for that and more. And Keith, should we maybe talk a little bit about... The very, like, vocal Grammy headlines of last week. Yes. (laughs) All right, we'll get into the Grammys uh, drama led by Nicki Minaj, Silk Sonic, Drake, The Weeknd, etc. Never a dull moment in Grammy nomination time. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's get into the Grammy thing now. Okay. Okay. So why wait? So the so the did you want to bring us up to speed on the sort of the meat of the Grammy news? Well, Grammy voters uh, received their their initial ballots uh, last week. They received the ballots that had everybody categorized um, where they're eligible to potentially earn nominations when they're announced next month. Right. Because as 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 you as we record this, first round voting is happening. Correct. So um, we you know, got the scoop on this ballot uh, and a few things that are notable from it. Um, and Silk Sonic actually went public with one thing themselves, uh, revealing that they had 
actually withdrawn their album, An Evening with Silk Sonic, from consideration. They won, they notably won a lot of Grammys earlier this year in, in April. Um, I believe Leave the Door Open won. Which one was it, song or record or both? I think it might have been both. <laughs> so they got a lot of Grammy love. Actually, the last two years they've gotten a lot of Grammy love because they played Leave the Door Open at the Grammy telecast last year uh-huh. in 2021. Then they won a bunch of Grammys this year. And they're like, you know what? Let's just give uh, everyone a little space from like the Silk Sonic Grammy Love Fest. Sure. Um, Keith does not care for this as a completist. He thinks that the best works of the year should just no, be it's honored. Dumb. It's stupid. <laughs> he he thinks that he thinks that it should be truly the album of the year, not the album of the year that was submitted. I can have an opinion on this, of course, because it's because you're not a Grammy voter. I'm not a Grammy voter. <laughs> I, I don't have anything in contention. I think all of the music of the year should be considered because it is, in theory, what is portrayed to be music's biggest night. All of the greatest of the music that has been released in that 12-month period should be considered. Mm -hmm. And what most people don't understand is that for anything to be considered, someone has to submit it to the Recording Academy and uh, then have it qualified to be considered. And and usually it's just sort of a paperwork scenario. It's like, oh, did it come out on this day? You know, did you submit the CD or whatever it is? You know, do you have the list of the publishers? I don't know. For for someone to just withdraw themselves from consideration, especially when it was a fairly warmly received album. Well, and one mm. that seemed pretty likely to just, you know, it, waltz into the category of album of the year. Absolutely, it was sort of an obvious sure thing to be nominated for album of the year. Yeah, and, um, and it's also interesting to note that, like, last year, Taylor Swift did the same thing with Fearless Taylor's version. She said, oh, I'm going to step aside. Of course, her album Evermore was in contention for album of the year last year, um, or I should say this earlier, earlier this year. Um but this year she did not step aside with Red Taylor's version. Well, she only had one album up. Correct. And so, so, so what that's happened? That's actually eligible for country, best country album well, at the it Grammys. Num- it was number one on our country chart. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about Taylor is that she had two albums that were possibly in contention a year ago, uh, Evermore. Yeah. And then the re recorded Fearless. So she probably didn't want to cancel out her own votes. And look, Evermore ended up being nominated for Album of the Year. Yep. So on the, I don't like that either. Yeah. But you could sort of put, you could sort of give her a gimme because it's like, look, it's a re-recorded album. It's music that was mostly previously I honored. Know, I kind before. of wish she just wouldn't submit any of the re-records. It's just but like clearly well, that's not the case. No. Um, we need to bring up Nicki Minaj, who um, her super freaky girl. A Hot 100 number one earlier this year. Also uh, number one on Billboard's uh, rap uh, chart. Correct. It will uh, compete for a nomination in the pop field as opposed to the rap field. Now, Nikki is, by the way, eligible in other rap fields with other songs, but Super Freaky Girl got moved to pop. Um, she started a, a fight with Lotto over for it on reason. Twitter because Lotto's big energy live because the original was not released within the eligibility period. Uh, so a live version of Big Energy is up is eligible for a if. rap sung collaboration. So still rap, but 
or rap song. I don't even know. Melodic rap. <laughs> I don't even know what it is anymore. So there's it set, is in a rap field. It, it's in the, the, live the rap field. The, the live, live, version, live version because the original version came out too long ago for it, it to be considered. It literally came out four days before the eligibility period began. <sighs> okay, so Nikki Nikki's. Uh, Rap, she, possibly rap song Super Freaky Girl was moved to the pop category. I kind of wish she would have submitted the Roman remix of the Super Freaky Girl song because that's personally my favorite version and also undeniably a rap song because when you do listen back to Super Freaky Girl it is mostly like it's Look, like I a, did the math. it's like a Kesha song. I did the math. <laughs> Uh, yes. The the original version of Super Freaky Girl is I think about three minutes long, uh-huh. and then the Roman remix, all it does is add another minute at the end. But it's like a good verse, like a so full rap verse. The original version has about um, I think it's sixty seconds of Nikki. If we count the verses as rapping, has about sixty seconds of Nikki rapping. Okay. The chorus and everything else, you could maybe argue, is more of just singing. It's yeah, I mean, but like, but yeah. but so you say like, okay, like a third of the song is in theory rapping. I think you have to also say, look, Nicki Minaj is both a rapper and a singer. This song is, and she's a pop star. This song is arguably a rap song. <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't like she was making, like, a David Guetta. Uh, sort of dance track where she comes in to do a rap verse. So, and then with the Roman remix, it adds like that extra minute. There's like another 40 seconds of her rapping. I think perhaps they should have reconsidered. Yeah. um, And kind of thought of sort of the song on a whole and where it's coming from. Maybe err on the side of the artist in this particular situation. In general, it's very hard to classify things in terms of genre because the lines between genres are so blurred. And it, this is not a, probably a very fun job to have to be sitting yeah. on those committees and trying to determine is this a rap song? Is this not a rap song? But it does feel like this is something that hopefully the folks at the Recording Academy, when they were sorting out all these songs, hopefully they had a conversation with the artist team to sort of work through it as best they could. Yeah. It kind of sounds like they didn't, but then again, um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention uh, the weekend and Drake notorious submit. notorious foes of the Grammys at this point. Uh, they fully didn't submit anything that they made last year. So yeah, Drake. Uh, they didn't submit anything that was just their own solo work. Right. But they are uh, featured featured on other, on other people. So like honestly, never mind a number one album. Not even put in. Silk Sonics, an evening with Silk Sonic, a number two album, not even put in. Uh, the Weekends, Dawn FM, a number two album on the Billboard 200, not even put in. Yep. Arguably, all three of them had a very decent shot of being nominated for Album of the Year. Sure. If we start to get to the point where, like, Adele withdraws her album. Stepping aside for her, her queen, Beyonce. Because does, does Adele want to find herself in a situation where she is yet again up against Beyonce and arguably could beat Beyonce yet again? Yeah. That's, I don't, uh, would, as an artist, would Adele you Adele would be like to that? be excluded from that narrative. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but she also, she's not going to, she's not going to pull herself. She's such a traditional artist. She's not pulling herself in the Grammys. I, I, I guess we'll see. I, I mean, I, I, I have the feeling that. Actually, the ballot's out, so. But, yeah. Adele's on there. She's on there. <laughs> it does feel like this, this album, this Adele album was less sort of generally warmly received than the previous two. And I think this Beyonce album is a lot more accessible to yeah. a wider general Which public. Which will be uh, competing in the dance fields. 
Oh. And so then you think of like, you know, I'm, I don't know who released an album last year, but you think, oh, Calvin Harris, for instance, Funk Wave Bounces Volume 2 is going up against Renaissance. Well, also the the, the dance electronic, the, the that category at the Grammys is usually very traditionalist. Yeah. Like the, the list of nominees many years ago used to be like, oh, it's like the Madonna album. Now it is very core electronic Ooh, How many, I would love this information. I don't know if we can ever get it, but I would love to know how many people choose to vote in the dance field this year versus previous years because they oh. want to vote for Beyonce. There you go. Because, like, because you, can you can choose fields. Like you can only, there's only there's a certain number, that number you can of pick. fields that you're allowed to vote in. And then obviously everyone is uh, able to vote in the general fields. Yeah. So I wow. bet you a lot of people will pop into dance this year. And I'm sure the dance community will have thoughts. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do the chart chat. Let's move let's on. Because um, we could talk about this Grammy stuff forever. <laughs> um, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit holds at number one on the Hot 100 for a third week. And Sam Smith and Kim Petras' whole Unholy, <laughs> Holy. <laughs> the remix is just called Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Sits at number two for a second it's week. like a really clean version of it. Meanwhile, Doja Cat collects her sixth top ten as Vegas from the Elvis soundtrack rises 11 to 10 in its 19th week on the chart. Next up, Glass Animal's former five-week number one, Heat Waves, is now solely the longest charting song in the list's 64-year history. Ooh. As it tallies a record-breaking 91st week on the chart, dated October 22nd. Uh, the song is currently number 21, on this week's chart, dated October 22nd, as just said, and it surpasses The weekend's Blinding Lights, which had logged 90 weeks on the chart from 2019 through 2021. Heat Waves also broke the record for the steadiest climb to number one. Gary's so cute. He wrote steadiest <laughs> climb. What he means is the longest climb to number one <laughs> when it hit number one in its 59th week back in March. And as we've noted before, Heat Waves, like Bad Habit, is the rare example of a song that debuted at number 100 and eventually went all the way to number one. Also of note, Glass Animals have yet to chart any other songs on the Hot 100. Heat Waves continues to be the act's one and only chart hit. Will they get another hit? I th we have a five burning questions coming out about this oh, okay. uh, on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this podcast, it will be on Billboard.com, uh, and I'm part of it. And I said that I think that they will likely return to being a largely alternative radio band, and but like with a bigger audience. So good for them. Like now they can sell more tickets. Maybe like the, maybe the first single from the next album will uh, impact. Have the a moment. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, all right. Well, lastly, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Stray Kids ring up their second number one uh, and their second of 2022 as Maxident debuts atop the list. The eight-track set bows with 117,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending October 13th, of course, according to Luminate. Most of that is actually in traditional album sales, mostly from CD album sales. The South Korean group notched its first chart topper on the April 2nd list, with its first charting effort on the Billboard 200, and it was called Ordinary. Love the love the names. Um, accident Ordinary. Also, I want to point out that though these two albums are the the act's first two charting albums on the Billboard 200, they had charted like ten top tens on our World Music Albums chart previous to that. Okay. So they were known, yes. especially in the world of sort of K-pop. They didn't come completely out of nowhere. No, they didn't. They they came. They, the reason why they made such a big impact this year, and I noted this in my story, is that their label JYP. Um, 
uh, structured some sort of deal with Republic Records in the United States, and these two albums are the first two albums of with their that. U.S. distribution deal. Yeah, so there's um, a, a much bigger sort of uh, play for them this year. Well, and they were on a Billboard digital cover in September. That's and, right. Uh, um, Jason Jason wrote Jason story. wrote that and had some help from our uh, K-pop expert Jeff Benjamin, who actually also ranked all the songs on Maxident. If you are a stay, as they call their fans, stay. If you're part of stay, if you are a stay. If you are stay, I'm not sure exactly if there's a uh, word there, but uh, but Jeff ranked all those uh, songs. So go check that out. Also in the top 10 of the new Billboard 200, Takeoff and Quavo's collaborative album, Only Built for Infinity Links, debuts at number seven. G. Erbo's Survivor's Remorse, Side A, bows at number nine. And friend of the podcast and last week's guest, Charlie Puth. His new album, Charlie, debuts at number 10. Top 10. Nice work, Charlie. Next week, watch for big debuts from Little Baby and Red Hot Chili Peppers' latest albums, while the week after that, it's Taylor time. Taylor time. As Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's, will impact the chart. It, of course, drops this Friday. Sure does, Keith. October 21st. Sure does. My neighbors are making a custom cocktail for it, so I look forward to having that while listening to the album at 9 p.m. Pacific. A custom cocktail? <laughs> Taylor seems Midnight's more of like... inspired. She seems more like a wine gal. I could see that. You're Right, but I'm not going to turn down the custom cocktail. Do we know what's in the cocktail yet? <laughs> not yet. No, uh, my neighbor's fiance is in charge of making the cocktail for us. It'll be a surprise. Okay. <laughs> okay. And now it's time for our interview with BB Rexa. BB is back on the Billboard Pop Shop podcast to talk about her hit song, I'm Good, parenthetical title Blue, which reunites her with dance superstar David Guetta. The song interpolates Eiffel 65's late 90s hit, Blue, parenthetical title Daba D. And BB talks about just how crazy it is that this song, which she actually made with David years ago and then found a whole new life on TikTok, as things do these days, has become the hit that it is. Also, we talk about how BB has evolved since she broke through with another David Gotta hit, Hey Mama, eight years ago. And finally, we talk about what's next, and she gives us some major hints about her next album, which is inspired by, quote, one of my favorite female artists of all time. Who could it be? Well, take a listen to Bibi's interview, and then, you know, we'll all talk about our guesses on Twitter. Okay. I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling all right, baby. Well, hello to Bibi Rexa, and welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Hi, guys. Well, um, we're talking to you at the perfect time uh, because your hit song, I'm Good, Blue, with David Guetta, just keeps climbing the Billboard charts. Uh, We're not sure if you actually know this yet. But the song reaches the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100 this week for the first time. So congratulations. Top 20. Let's go. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how this just super smash hit song came together and how you ended up reuniting with your friend David Guetta? Oh, my gosh. I'll make it. I'll make this semi long story short. Um, he, David Guetta was in London. I was in London, but I think I was there for, I don't know what, I think I was there for writing or something. And I saw that he was in London, um, through social media or whatever. And I hit him up and I said, Hey, what are you doing in London? He's like, I'm doing writing sessions. And I said, Oh my God, I'm like, where are you going to be tonight? Are you going to be in the studio? And he was like, yeah, I said, I'm coming through. And it was like a very last minute thing. And, um, we had a session and I remember hearing this remix and we thought nothing of it. It was just fun. Like we were just having a fun time. Cause I was like, you know, it's like, this has already been a big hit, you know, five years ago. I was like, this has already been such a big hit song. I don't think, um, I've, I've just never, I've, I love remixes as long as they're done the right way, but I've never 
for myself been like a fan of like remixing a song. Like I just thought it was more of a fun thing, you know? Um, and he had played it at a festival after we had cut it and somebody took a YouTube video of it and like posted it. And then somebody found that and made a remix and then posted it to TikTok. And then this other gamer, she's a big gamer, posted it from that TikTok and then it blew up on her page from her page. You were not joking about this being like a long story. This is That's the short version. <laughs> That's the short version. Right. So like, it's honestly amazing. I mean, I mean, you just never know what people want. And I feel like, you know, everybody was kind of like going crazy and being like, we want this song. Why can't we find it? Why can't we find it? And I was like hitting up David. I was like, David, like people really want this record. Like we should just put it out. Like at this point, it's like viral on TikTok. People are asking for it. It's like, let's just give the people what they want. Like, let's not, you know, judge it for what it is and like, just put it out. It's just a great fun record. Um, and yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I will rot I, because I work in charts. I'm going to rattle off a bunch more chart stats because I love yeah. talking about charts, but okay, let's it's, go. It's already number one in the UK, which you clearly already knew about. Yeah. Um, number one on billboards, hot dance, electronic songs chart. It's number two on both of billboards global charts. So it's the basically next to the biggest global hit in the world. I've thought about this and I can't wrap my head around it, but we've had a lot of weird kind of left field hit singles this year. Like, a 30-year-old Kate Bush song and an old Sia song. Did you did you ever think, or I guess maybe the better way to say this is like, were you surprised by how this song became such an international hit, kind of completely out of the blue? <laughs> I mean, to be to be completely honest, um, I was a very big fan. I mean, I don't know what I don't remember what year it came out in, but let's say I was in elementary school or something. I don't know. I'm just I don't remember the year that it came out exactly, so don't quote me. <laughs> Um, but I remember it being a massive, massive hit when I was growing up. Um, and I just didn't think it was personally for me, I just didn't think it was time yet for a song like this to be remixed. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you, if you like stats and stuff like that, a lot of big songs that are remixed are usually in the 20, 20, 25 to 26 year mark is a good Ooh, time to remix that's a so song. specific. I love it. And only because, only because I was judging it for a second, I was like, oh, like I'm a, I'm a type of person that I really like to create. I'm, I've always built like my, you know, songwriting career and my career. Like I like to build things off from scratch. A lot of times when I go into the studio, people, they like to be like, what's our inspiration for the day? Should we, you know, should we look up David Bowie, a David Bowie song? Should we look up of this or that? You know, should we, should we take the drums from this? I don't like to do that. I am inspired by a lot of things and that's, that's inevitable, but I like to do things from scratch. So to me, I kind of like looked at it like, uh, like when we had done it kind of like, this is just a fun, silly, let's have fun record, you know, never did I think in a million years that it would be so big. Um, I guess people, I think the 2000s are people want to feel that nostalgia, especially after the three years of the pandemic and being like cooped in their houses. And it brings back that feeling, you know, as I said, of nostalgia and it makes you feel kind of warm and like give you like a little, you know, warm hug. And, um, I don't know. I'm, I am, I am, I am, I will put my hands up on this one and say, I am, I get it, but I am also confused and shocked, but also very grateful. I feel like it's interesting. You say like the 25 to 26 year mark, because then for you, like you said, you're in grade school when it came out, I was in high school when it came out, you have nostalgia for it, but then there's this whole new group of people, probably a lot of the kids on TikTok who literally never heard it before. And so they just know it's a great melody. So they're glomming onto that melody for the first time. So it's like a perfect storm of like nostalgia and discovery. 
And I think, and I think like I see it a lot more um, where a lot of people have been like remaking songs, you know, like I'm my, my like new favorite, well, not new favorite. It's been my favorite for the last couple months, but I, my love alien superstar by, um, by Beyonce. And I didn't know that it, for like, I knew it was a, um, it was like a, you know, it was like a, had something familiar in it, but I had no idea what it was until my mom had played, um, too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy, whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, oh my God. So I think it's, you know, I think everybody's kind of, I think there's, um, you know, I think you have to take away kind of like as a songwriter, I have to take away that overthinking and just being like, what makes people feel good and what makes people, what, what is just, a, you know, what just feels good for the art for the moment. And I don't know, here we are. Um, you know, looking back to you and David worked on uh, Hey Mama, which was such a huge breakthrough moment for you back in 2015. And you did an interview with Billboard at the time, actually with Jason Lipschitz, who started this podcast that you're talking to right now about why you were initially given that feature credit on the song, even though your voice is super prominent in it. And now, obviously, you're officially credited on that song. And now you have this huge, massive other hit with David. Can you talk about kind of the journey from 2015 BB? to this moment now? Man, I feel like um, I'm definitely a lot calmer. And uh, I think it was just, I think 2015 BB when Hey Mama was out, um, it was, I don't know. I, I think, you know, in this industry, it's so important to have, it's not just about talent. All right. It's, it's about talent. It's about luck. Cause there's a lot of talented people in the world. I'll tell you, I met people that are way more talented than me that, you know what I mean? Like, I met people that are just spewing talent and you're like, I don't understand why this person hasn't made it yet. And I think it's talent. I think it's luck. And I think it's also not giving up because I've seen so many talented people that just give up on themselves or don't even take a chance on themselves. Um, and I think it's also about having a really great team around you. And I think that, I think it was, I think when I was in 2015, I was kind of really, I think it had to a mix of like, I was just show, trying to prove myself so badly. And then I think I wasn't, I didn't have a really like great, great team around me that like was supporting me. Um, because I feel like a lot of the things that I went through could have been just honestly taken care of from the jump. You know, I think if anybody, if any normal person would have heard the song, they would have been like, okay, obviously her voice is on There's this BB. hook. Right. You want BB on the song, you got to credit her. Right. Duh. Like any normal person, <laughs> if I was using your voice on the song, I would credit you. I would feel weird I would about hope that. So. Right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would feel weird about that. So um, I, I would have had, you know, I, I, in a perfect world, I would have had somebody on my team at the time, you know, make sure that I got that credit. And, um, you know, I think I was really hurt by that and really, um, I don't know, but I think everything makes you, I, you know, kind of builds you and, you know, kind of makes you who you are. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I see things a lot clearer now and I feel like I was always trying to like prove myself, prove myself, prove myself. And I'm kind of over trying to prove myself anymore. I'm just trying to be in the studio and just writing great songs and, um, just, you know, minding my business and working on my mental health and like just trying to be a happy person and just write great songs. Um, 2015 BB is definitely a lot different than 2022 BB. I'd say you've proven yourself fully and completely, girl. Thank so you. Thank you. Can you write about that? Please, yes, I'm yes. tired. I'm tired of seeing the TikToks and stuff like that. Everybody's <laughs> like, everybody's like, what? Like, it's just, yeah. 
you know, Phoebe's TikTok, got nothing to prove here. I was going to say TikTok give, us and get, TikTok yeah. give us or take us away, yeah. apparently. Yeah. It's weird because it, it's weird because then because then people people want you. Oh, that was my mom's alarm. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that was right. probably good, meant to be. I won't talk. Meant anymore. to be. Get it. Meant to be. Meant to be. Meant mm. to be. <laughs> um, well, you were chatting with your fans uh, on Twitter earlier today, um, and one of them or I one was? of the fans. Excuse, well, somebody was, was on your. I was, somebody was I on was, your Twitter. I was. I probably was. I don't remember, but I was. Team Team BB Social was uh, chatting with your fans, um, and someone asked, "Where is the single?" And oh, that was me. That was me. It was very early. It okay. was very early. And um, you said maybe there is something else coming this year. So what what is that something that we are talking about? A new single, a new song, a new track, a full new album, a triple album? What's going on? Um, <laughs> I have been working on an album and it's very um, it's very like focused. And I'm not going to lie. I'm good. Kind of has like thrown a little bit of a wrench into like the whole plan so I'm trying to let I'm good kind of live its moment and in you know but the one thing that's really good about my project is it, it, it does have dance elements to it it's rock and has it's rock as well as dance elements to it um but it's by one of my favorite um it's inspired by one of my favorite female artists of all time and Ooh. um um yeah and I feel be? like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're quick though. I don't know if to say it. I'm not, I don't know if, what. Oh, I'm just gonna say you're quick because you put it out about last year about our mistakes. I mean, like I no, don't it's know. Been, that yeah. Oh, I am quick, honey. I like. To, <laughs> I'm quick. Um, I yeah. So the good thing about it is that it is a mix of rock and dance, which is really cool. Um, so I'm happy about that, and it does fit somewhat in a, in this weird thing. But um, what's coming next is actually a collaboration, and I'm it's me, a DJ, and another um, artist, and it's a really cool. Um, it's a dance record, but it's really, really, um, I really love it, and I'm really excited. So that's going to be the bridge between um, m my new music, but my new music won't hit until 2023, I think. Oh. Cause it takes second, you know, film everything. I want to do this the right way. Cause this next project is really, I really spent a lot of time studying um, this time period and what this artist was saying and how she said it. And then how she said it with her, you know, and when she was with her band and by herself. And um, I really want to make sure that, you know, like I, I, it's a real artist project. So I wanted to really go in there and I think it was a natural, I love rock music and I love dance music, but I wanted, to, I was like, how can I evolve naturally? You know, like, cause you know, I'm not a child anymore. I'm a grown woman. So this felt like a really great natural, like growth for me. I'm, I'm liking all of the teases for this upcoming project. Um, in the meantime, um, I'm super stoked about the single doing so well for you and it tees Thank up you. everything nicely for the next, uh, the next part of the journey. So. Um, folks, uh, can check out BB on the jingle ball that's coming up later this year. And, uh, we just wish you all the greatest uh, success in the future and currently on our charts right now, BB. Thank I you hope, so much. I hope, thank you. I hope I see you guys soon. Yeah. Hopefully in the flesh. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, BB. Thank you. BB. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much to BB Rexa for taking the time to chat with us. I cannot wait to hear who this female artist is that inspired her next project. I also want to know from what she said, whether she's collaborating with that artist herself, because she said it was a collaboration project with another artist and a DJ. Is it the artist that inspired the album or is it another yet another artist that she's teaming up with and a dj i have a lot of questions and we just did not have enough time with bb to ask all no. of them so um we don't know and i feel like twitter will get on this case after hearing this and maybe we'll find out maybe she's already spilled it to someone else that she talked to she talked to a lot of people that day. Yeah. So you're right. There's a chance that she Didn't already she say something let, about like let a rock loose. band or fronted she a band. She said that uh, she talked about the singer and and her band. So like I'm th- you you mentioned Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I thought Stevie Nicks. Like Joan Jett or something. Joan Jett's interesting. I also looked. I was actually looking because I, I was kind of going into a rabbit hole on this. Like has BB talked about some of her favorite artists? One I found that sort of fits the bill. Is Lauren Hill? Uh, no. Her band is the Fugees. Uh, but and she, she talked about her love of, but she said it was rock, rock and dance. Yeah, that's not Lauren Hill. No, you're right. But um, anyway, so we, we don't know. Huh. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's, it's a pop a mystery. shot mystery. All right, well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. It's more just really a story. Um, <laughs> this year. It's story time with Keith. Okay, so this year we've seen oldies from Kate Bush, Metallica, Ghost, The Weeknd, and Sia, among others, all either debut on the Hot 100 for the first time or reach new heights many years after they originally peaked, thanks to renewed interest in the tracks generated either by social media or scripted programming, like, you know, Stranger Things in the case of Kate Bush and Metallica. Right. Could we see another oldie return on the Hot 100 in the form of Fleetwood Mac's Everywhere. Ooh, tell me more, Keith. So the song, which was first released as a single in 1987 from the band's Tango in the Night album, has surged in new popularity thanks to its use in commercials for Chevrolet's new electric vehicles. Really? So Everywhere peaked at number 14 on the Hot 100 in February of 1988 and was one of five Hot 100 hits from the Tango in the Night album, which was released in mid-1987. The... Chevy commercials premiered a few weeks ago during Monday Night Football. I was going to guess so some sort of football game. When you have, like, Monday Night Football is usually one of the most watched television programs of the week. And yeah. so you actually have, for once, a truly captive audience, zillions of people actually watching TV. They're all going to see a commercial. And, uh, well, so now we think, could everywhere find its way back to the Hot 100? Well, it's already reached number three on the digital song sales chart. And it debuted at number 25 on the Hot Rock and Alternative Songs chart this week. And don't forget, it was just in 2020 when the band's former number one, Dreams, returned to the Hot 100 following its gone viral moment on TikTok that also involves Stevie Nicks and a pair of roller skates. (laughs) So it's not really a chart stat, more of a could we see yet another song from a classic act with a classic track from a classic album come back to the chart. I, I have a follow. 
follow-up question on this one real quick. Whether you think the people that are downloading the song, are they people who forgot about this song? Like they they knew it and they forgot about it and then they heard it on the Chevy commercial and they're like, oh, that song. I like I that song. The people that are downloading it are probably like old people who still <laughs> use kind iTunes. kind of what I was getting at. So they knew that. They knew the song. They knew the song. They just didn't have it on and their they iPod. Right. They had it on an album. I say iPod vinyl. because they're still using an iPod. <laughs> and look, at, look, people, I'm not, look, I'm not shading anyone. Look at the iTunes charts. Yeah. The songs that are usually in the top 10 are usually anomalies Mm -hmm. and sort of curiosities. And most kind of huge volume of people that are usually young people are not probably interacting with iTunes. They're on streaming services. But this song is seeing gains in streams and sales. I I have a good idea for Spotify, too. They should make a a playlist of just resurfaced songs. I think they have that. Oh, what's it called? It might be some sort of TikTok thing. Okay, I'll have to look that up. But I, 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 I'm pretty sure that they do. I would love I would love that playlist and then I can hear them and be like, wait, where where have I heard isn't that recently? An, isn't there also <laughs> an entire serious channel for like sort of TikTok hits, I believe? Oh my gosh, did not know that. Oh no, I did, I, I saw that scrolling through in Dan's car that there was a TikTok channel. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know if I'd want to listen to a TikTok mm. channel. Are the songs all cut to like 15 seconds? No. <laughs> I'm not. That's not a shade to TikTok. I'm like, I, I know. Don't know. It's I like, know. Then again, I don't know. Maybe it could be really interesting because... Because there's a lot of interesting songs and stories. It, I mean, our guest, BB, being an example of that, there's mm-hmm. a lot of I stories. Just, I just loved how she was like so sort of like very like honest and real and kind of like, you know... Who thought of this thing would ever become whatever it was? And it's just like, look, it's a fun hit. Let's she go seems ahead like a genuine human being. She's very fun to talk to. Whenever we've had her on the show, she's always seemed like a genuine kind of like real, a real gal. Like tells it like it is. We right. appreciate you. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words? Nope. I mean, I guess we just sort of have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a lot there. <laughs> what song should we go out on? Oh, my gosh. We've just talked about a lot. Um... I mean, because I hear it every morning in the car with the kids. Let's go out on the Sia song, Unstoppable. That's It is unstoppable after its 2016 release, and now it's like all over the Hot 100. Unstoppable, please. Okay, we'll go on that. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.